Ladies and welcome to the show. My name's Eric Nam, and I'm joined today with Eddie. Hey, Eddie. What's going on? Eric? How are you, dude? dude? I'm doing well. Just hanging in there. All right. Good. Yeah, we're all hanging in there. We are currently in our Airbnb. We are in isolation because everybody should be in isolation. So we all stay healthy and we get over this coronavirus ASAP. And as you guys may know, this is a show that's kind of, I guess, born out of the times of quarantine. Yeah, this is a show that, you know, we didn't know that the people needed. And here we are just uh, doing God's work. <laughs> doing God's work. We are, you know, number one show for TV and film. Boom. We were the number 27 show across all podcasts. Um, anyways, if you're new to the show, welcome to the show. This is Come Here to Quit, where we watch the first few episodes of K-dramas, TV shows, and we watch the movies, and we save you the time and effort of wondering, should I watch this show? How much longer do I need to scroll through my Netflix catalog to make the decision of, is there anything left for me to watch? We're just going to do it for you. We give you the lowdown. We give you the little bits and pieces that are good, and we decide if we commit to the show and watch it, or we hate it, we quit it, and we drop it. Now, obviously, this show contains spoilers, especially for the first two episodes, because that's what the show does. We talk about it. Um, and if you are one of those people who need to watch the show before you have any discussion on it, then we just recommend you pause or maybe listen through like the first 10 minutes where we introduce the show. Go watch it. Come back for the discussion points. We're going to jump into it. Today, we have a great, great show to talk about. We also have an amazing guest joining us to talk about this show. I'm super excited to talk to her and to talk about this drama on today's episode. Episode four of Commit or Quit. We're going to talk about one of the most buzzworthy K-dramas of 2020 so far. We actually did a little bit of research. We checked the Google Trends. This trended higher than Itaewon Class. Wow. Globally, right? It's called Crash Landing on You, and we have so much to discuss. So everybody sit back, relax, and get ready for another mind-blowing, thought-provoking episode of this life-changing podcast. This is Commit, Commit or Quit. quit. Hey, uh, what do you want to watch? I don't know. Oh, I actually heard this is really good. What do you say? Should we commit or quit? All right, guys. So welcome to the show. Today we have a guest. She is the amazing, the talented, calling in from Vancouver, Canada. It is Linda. Hey, Linda, how are you? Hey, guys. I am fantastic. Thanks for joining us. How you been? Really good. Uh, the sun's out now in Vancouver. I've just been indoors quarantined for uh, almost a month and a half now. So it's great. <laughs> so everyone's happy. Yeah. Quarantine. Yeah. Um, who are you with? Who are you? Are you with family? Are you with friends? Or Yeah, I'm with uh, my very paranoid parents and my sister. Nice. Well, please introduce yourself to the Dive Studios and Commit or Quit family. How do you introduce yourself? Uh, I'm a YouTuber. Um, I make videos on Lenny Productions. I make comedy skits and romantic short films and also like memes on my Instagram. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah I uh, Before you jumped on and I was watching and scrolling through some of your videos and um, one of them that I came across was the Korean dramas featuring Kevin Wu, our good friend. Uh, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Yeah. So, but like, how long have you been doing YouTube? You've been doing this stuff for a while. And I also saw you just started a new channel, right? Yeah. I've done YouTube for probably about eight years now. Wow. Um, I wanted to do more like quick style skits. And so I wanted to make something different. Cool. Yeah. No, we're mm -hmm. super excited to have you on. Like, I came across your content on Instagram. 
Um, and I just think you'd be really, really good and have some interesting point of views on the hottest drama of possibly of all time. What right? Bold statements there, Eddie. As you'll come to see, Linda, I'm a, I like to exaggerate. Um, before we jump into this show, though, generally, do you like K-dramas? What do you like to watch? Movies, dramas, reality TV? What do you like? Ooh, I usually like to watch comedy movies, kind of like the movies like Kick-Ass and Scott Pilgrim, like that kind of ah, style. Okay. Yeah, but the last one I watched as a family was Autumn's Tale. I think it was like 15 years ago or so, but uh, that was a drama I watched with my family and like every, my whole family was crying, so... What kind of what kind of series is that? It's a K drama. It was uh, I think I'm saying it wrong. Autumn's Tale. It was a K drama, but it was so set with Song Hye and Wanbin. Oh, oh, it's probably like Kaul Yonga or something. Um, as the title of this podcast suggests, my brothers and I we have serious commitment issues when it comes to watching an entire show or an entire season. You know, you're really investing time and energy and emotional baggage. You're taking it on as you go into a drama. So, curious to know. We would like for you to fill out this blank, okay? I have commitment issues when it comes to blank. Do you have anything that you're like always scared to commit to? Books. Books. I can't finish books. I I read like probably three chapters and then I go to another book. Are we soulmates? What the heck? <laughs> I feel the same way. This is crazy. The, it's the like interesting at first, and then I'm like maybe there's another book. Right. And then yeah. So. Linda, I can I can relate wholeheartedly. The uh, the samples that you get on the iBooks, like the fifteen pages, mm. you know when, and then it's like, do you want to purchase this? Yeah. Nine times out of ten, I say no. <laughs> I got what I needed. Thank you very much. I'll go to Wikipedia if I need it. You know, right? I think Spark Notes is enough for me for books, which is why this perfect perfect show that is Commit or Quit is uh is is helpful to everybody, just Spark like Notes. just like Linda, Spark Notes version. Well, now that we know a little bit about Linda and her preferences when it comes to, to books and dramas, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. We're going to start talking about Crash Landing on You, and we're going to decide if we, along with Linda, commit or quit to this show. So, to get us started, Eddie, could you please give us an amazing synopsis on Sarange Purishitak, a.k.a. Crash Landing on You? Yeah, Eric, no problem. Um, yes, Crash Landing on You, uh, it's 16 episodes long. It actually started airing in December and ended uh, in February and it's airing on TVN and now on Netflix. Um, so just to give you a short synopsis, a paragliding mishap drops a South Korean heiress in North Korea and into the life of an army what? officer who decides he will help her hide. I mean, should we just hit commit right now? Is that not <laughs> enough? Should we just end the episode? I mean, we could. We very easily could. But um, yeah, anyways, fun fact. Slap me in the face with the fact. Crash Landing on You, right? Mm -hmm. It actually set the new record for the highest viewership ratings Whoa. for any TVN drama. Damn. So we got Itaewon class that broke the, what, JTBC? JTBC. Not KTBC, JTBC. JTBC. There you go. Whatever. <laughs> Same thing, just kidding. I'm not liable. This is a podcast. <laughs> and then... Crash Landing on You got the highest viewership on TVN. So we are literally focused on some of the greatest dramas of all time. We are coming hot out the gates. We are coming hot out the gates. So thank you for that amazing synopsis. Again, I'm assuming you wrote that. I didn't write anything. That was just off the top of my head. Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you. You're a genius. 
Nobody look at the synopsis on Netflix. Don't do it. All right. Anyways, to give everybody just a little bit of reference, here are some casting characters. I think these are the main ones that we'll end up talking about today, right? We really just miss two characters. There's Lee Chong-hyuk. He's played by Hyun-bin. He is a North Korean military officer, and he's the one who finds Yoon Se-ri, who is played by Son Ye-jin, and helps her hide in North Korea. So Yoon Se-ri, she is a South Korean Chebol heiress who accidentally crash lands in North Korea while testing the company's new paragliding apparel. Very specific. So those are the two characters. We have Lee Jong-hyuk, played by Hyun-bin, and Yoon Se-ri, played by Son Ye-jin. Just to give you guys a little bit of background on these two actors, I'm not very familiar with a lot of their work. I know Hyunbin had done like Secret Garden almost probably 10 years ago with Hajiwon, which was a huge success. Son Yejin, I've met, I had interviewed her probably six years ago when I was doing entertainment news stuff in Korea. She's incredibly nice. She was probably one of my favorite Korean interviewees because she was just so nice to me. Hyunbin, I've run into at the gym. This dude is freaking jacked. He's like super tall. And I was like, man, he could rip my head off with his biceps. All to yeah. say. And, but he was very nice. And I, I know friends who know him mm-hmm. and who work with him. They're like, he's like such a nice guy, just which kept. is great to hear. Mm-hmm. Before we get into our three main talking points, let's just give you a quick, quick uh, overview of how the first two episodes go. So pretty much Son Yejin, right? So Yun Se-ri, she is the daughter of a very, very big corporation, Chebar. We've spoken about Chebar multiple times throughout our shows, but Chebar is pretty much run Korea. There are companies like Samsung, LG, um, and Hyundai. Hyundai. Kia. So, you know, very, very rich families. And she is the daughter in one of these families. And she has set up her own company. And it's, you know, IPOing. It's doing very well. And her father, her family's company, that's very well to do as well. The show opens with her pretty much getting the keys to not only her company, but her family's company. And as part of her company, which is like a fashion, sportswear, lifestyle kind of brand, she's trying out new clothes. And that's where she ends up in North Korea, accidentally crashing into a forest and meeting this soldier. Mm -hmm. Now, half of like the first episode is her just kind of running away and trying not to get caught by North Korean soldiers. And she pretty much runs deeper into North Korea. And it just so happens that she runs into the house and is saved by the soldier, Chongyong. And then over the next episode, it's like her. She's like stuck in North Korea. They're trying to figure out a way to get her out because if it comes out that they did not kill her, all those soldiers are in trouble. So the second episode, pretty much, they're like, make sure nobody finds out about her. Um, And meanwhile, there are all these other subplots going on. But at the end of it, the townspeople and the military find her and they run into her hiding in the kimchi cellar of Chongyuk's house. And then at the end, to get out of it, he literally goes, this is my fiance. Boom. And then it ends. And I was like, what the heck? This is not where I saw it going. I think what was done very well here is that there's a lot of humor and there's uh, a lot of like minor undercurrents and he's awkward and he's stoic, but she's also very like very verbose and she's a strong woman CEO and she has a lot of ideas and uh, is always like being very witty in how she approaches things. So I think there was a great back and forth chemistry thing between a very stoic guy and a very vibrant, strong woman. And seeing that play out over the first two episodes was very, very interesting. I think beyond just the storyline, you know, a lot of people who have been tuning in, they've saying like, we really like the insight, the information, some of the contextual things that are coming with this podcast. And so we're going to go into those 
main talking points. So the first one I think would be really interesting to discuss is the depiction of life in North Korea and life in South Korea. A lot of different things that I think happened where Seri, who is from South Korea, just didn't understand. It's like, why are the lights suddenly shutting off? She's asking for meat. She said, I have to have meat two times a day. And people are like, meat two times a day? That must be insane. Who has meat two times a day? Um, and so it was interesting to be able to see a depiction of North Korean life on screen. Because generally, typically, until now, anything that we see about North Korea, particularly in South Korean dramas, has been this North Korean is a spy, or North Korean is not smart, or North Korean is very one-dimensional character. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, like, what you guys thought, kind of watching these scenes play out in quote unquote North Korea. I feel like they really portray it like a like a fantasy myth, like mythical place because when she like comes down and she sees the people I guess I really listen to music a lot and sound and like what they choose and yeah it it made it look like a little fantasy land like she was dreaming. Mm. And she like, goes into a place where you know people of uh, the village for example Interesting, like a Wizard of Oz type of thing. Yeah, like its own fantasy land. So that, I think that was for me that was interesting to to see how I guess North Korea is being played out. No, I I hear you on that. Were there any like perceptions uh, that you had of North Korea that maybe changed having seen this drama? I mean, I'm assuming this is not accurate, right? When <laughs> this is a K drama, <laughs> but like, were there any like, oh wow? I guess my, my I think it's a yeah of course a stereotype of like what I've what people like talk about but basically they're really strict you know they're very disciplined they're in the military they don't have any emotions but seeing it in another light was nice to see because it's like oh you know I don't I don't know what their life is like so they could be you know they they probably are it's just um, what media portrays is very right different. definitely it was a nice like like realization like all oh, right yeah you know i totally agree with you and it, it, mm. it is nice to see him in in a different light like obviously not not taking away how serious the situation is there right um in the realities yeah i mean i think i think part of it is like i'm sure there's people who can criticize like why are you now romanticizing north korea north korean soldiers um the global perception of north korea is not necessarily the most positive and you know, we've all heard about the human rights issues and just, you know, concentration camps and starvation and just a horrible dictatorship. And what we can look at this drama and what we can look at the things that they have done with this drama that, you know, silver lining kind of a positive thing is like, at the end of the day, we're all humans. We're all people. We all go through the same things. We all have emotions. We all have things we long for and strive for and morals and values. It's just, I think, I would like to think that people in North Korea, their stories aren't able to be heard or told because they are under this dictatorship and they don't have the right means to get their stories out, right? There is depth, there is character, there are struggles, there are stories that need to be told and heard. And I think this drama might just be a way for us to be reminded of that, not only just for North Korea, but just for people all, all around the world. Anyways, this show though, like as much as it's like, oh, how realistic is this? They had one of the writers on this show is a North Korean defector. Mm. So they actually had somebody who, I read an article on this, he had studied film in North Korea. So back in like the 80s and 90s, the dictator at that time was very, very much into art. And so he 
had people educated for like film and like arts. And so he was in one of those courses. And once he defected, he pretty much by chance got a job doing media entertainment stuff in South Korea. And so he became like the go-to guy for anything North Korean because Korea, South Korea has like a lot of dramas on like North Korean spies and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Iris and I, um, so he was one of the writers, which I thought was interesting. So they were saying that this is probably, although it is like a funny romantic K drama, when it comes to the factual kind of stuff, there are things that holds very strong. Well, Eric, I, I appreciate those facts. Honestly, that fun fact was my fact to say, but I mean, that's totally cool. Um, <laughs> that was one of those stories I had up my sleeve, but I'll come up with another one. You know, one thing that kind of as I was watching it, there were things that like, there were things that I was watching and I was like, oh, right. This is probably, by the way, a good depiction of what North Korea is like. Like, I'm imagining conditions are actually much worse than they are depicted in the drama. But when you're watching it, it's like, oh, they don't have refrigerators. So they have like a cellar underground where they keep their food mm -hmm. for meat so that it doesn't go bad. They put it into salt. They don't have electricity 24-7. And also seeing North Koreans who are like trying to watch Korean dramas, like South Korean dramas or like do things that we as Americans would consider normal. They just have a different way around it. Um, I just thought that was like a really, really interesting part. Um, and then it got me thinking, I was like, right, we live in a place and we live in a society where internet and cell phones and 24-hour water and electricity are so normalized and taken yeah. for granted. And for somebody like Son Yejin, Seri mm -hmm. in this, it's a completely foreign concept. It has to be jarring for her. Right. Like, she like going back hot, in time. Yeah. She was like, I need hot water. She's like, there's no hot water. You have to go boil your hot water. Yeah. That kind of stuff. I guess one thing that I, I definitely want to talk about on this drama is kind of like culture shock and social shock. I think we're all living in a time right now where we have new living realities um, in terms of how we socialize with people. Everybody's on a Zoom call. Everybody is now not allowed to leave their house. Like this is stuff that we've learned to adjust to as humans and we have to adapt to quickly. Um, but watching this drama, I thought it was part comical and also very relatable watching Seri being dropped in North Korea in a completely foreign uh, country, foreign culture, really, even kind of a foreign language. North Koreans speak differently from South Koreans as well. Um, and seeing her trying to understand how North Korea works, you know, there were per parts of it that I was watching was like, they have electricity only certain hours of the day. They don't have hot running water. They don't have, uh, because you don't have electricity, you don't have a refrigerator. So they use a kimchi cellar, which is underground. It's like literally a big cellar under the house, you know, a big hole. If you want to take a shower, you have to boil the water, set all these contraptions up. So this kind of stuff I thought was very interesting. And like me personally growing up, like I was fortunate enough to travel and do a lot of service work, um, you know, throughout Latin America, some in Africa live in China for a year. India. I spent months in India. So like always adjusting and seeing different realities um, of how people live for me was really fascinating and very uh, educational point. And I kind of could relate to that stuff watching this drama. But I'm curious, like Linda, if you had any of, you know, those experiences or takeaways watching this drama or like how you grew up in that sense. Yeah, when I was five, I went back to Vietnam and um, visit my 
mom's side of the family. And so they live in a village. And so everything that you see is very similar, except for the like dancing at a certain time. That was something that wasn't the same. Oh, but right. yeah, like but the whole electricity thing and using hot water, going outside to get hot water. That was actually something my my uh, grandma and my mom's side is like like went through back in the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, oh, that's normal to me. Right, right, right. I mean, Eddie and I were talking the other day. Um, I remember this is probably 2000. We went to Korea mm -hmm. and this is like for the first time we can actually remember stuff. So I was probably like like fourth or fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Eddie, you were probably second or third grade. It was that summer. Yeah. And we went to our dad or mom's side of the family. They were having like a big family gathering in, in Jeonju, which is about three, four hours south of Seoul. And we got there. And I just remember being like, wow, this is so different from what we know. And even so different from Seoul. Mm -hmm. um, and what, you know, growing up and realizing that Korea, South Korea went through economic development in such a rapid, rapid pace. This is one of the only countries that went from an aid recipient to an aid donor. Um, if you think about it, North Korea, from what I've been told, was technically better off than South Korea financially, and they had a higher standard of living. I don't know that, don't quote me on it, but like, it was something like that. It's like North Korea, I've heard multiple times, it's like North Korea had like a higher standard of living. South Korea was like considered to be like even poorer and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so for South Korea to develop so fast and modernize so quickly, like it's a generation of people who really saw things change right before their eyes. So even our parents, every time they go, they're like, we don't recognize this or that. There are right. little relics. There are certain buildings that were there. Like right. our dad said like his house, his childhood home growing up was the first time ever in Seoul there was a two-story house and it was like a huge deal. So our dad said that that house was in a movie, like one of the first South Korean movies because it was they had never seen a house like that. Mm -hmm. um, so... I, watching this drama, I was like, man, like, it's crazy how quickly South Korea has developed and how fortunate we are to be living in a world where we have freaking Zoom calls. I can see your face, Linda, in Vancouver, and we can record and put out a podcast. Like, we're so fortunate to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, but sorry, going back to it, like, we go to this, our family gathering in Jeonju. And even then, I was like, man, like, this kind of feels very developing nation yeah it was definitely back in time and i remember going back like eric and i that was probably like the closest we ever were because we shared a game boy and we shared the blue version oh, of pokemon you're gonna break so my heart man it was just a very uh it was a timeshare so you're about to break we, we really spent a lot of time together and really we invested. went back um you know we met our cousins for the first time on on our on our mom's side and long story short Mom says, hey, Eddie, why don't you share your Game Boy with Cousin A? And Who's never Eric, seen a Game Boy. never seen a Game Boy before. Eric's like, Mom, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm like, Mom, I also agree. I don't think that's a good idea. She's like, share it with your baby cousin. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. And I remember Eric's hand just like trembling as he handed it over. <laughs> and I think at that point, for those of you who are familiar with Pokemon, at, at that time, there were only 150 Pokemon. And we were at about 147, probably about... 200 hours invested with those little cables that you would use to trade Pokemon back and forth between like the red version and the blue version. So, I mean, I, I think I, I went to go eat lunch. All right. Came back, check up on cousin A. 
and he has started a new game and saved it. He deleted 147 Pokemon. Yeah. So this these hours of investment, the one thing that brought Eddie and I together as brothers, outside of the fact that we shared a womb, you know? Yeah, honestly, it's never been the same since we're pointing fingers. Couldn't talk to mom for at least 147 Pokemon just gone. Yeah. They were just wow. dead. Sorry, I don't know how we got here. But anyways. Yeah, I was just trying to add a little bit more to that story of going back in time to a very unfamiliar place. I feel like this applies to people, not only in a physical country or thing, but like even culture shock, like going to college can be a culture shock. Yeah. Going to college somewhere, going on a trip somewhere, um, being in an unfamiliar situation. Like for me, my life, like going from, even though like I traveled a lot and I saw a lot, moving to Korea and getting there, being put on TV the week I get there, not really knowing how to speak Korean mm-hmm. and survive for nine years, for me, that was that was a lot. It was a ton. I'm going to write a book one day. I mean, even, that, but. even going to, I mean, this is a universal human issue. I mean, not issue, but just experience. Uh, going to school in Boston from living in Georgia my entire life, culture shock. Didn't realize that khakis aren't a thing. Didn't think that Sperry's were going to get totally shit on by my friends, you know? Totally culture shocked. People are like, you know, just don't have as much time and, you know, that Southern comfort or that Southern hospitality is a real thing. And I had a hard time adjusting. Eric, I called you all the time. I'm like, I don't, you know, I just don't get along. And then also, in addition to that, my team, my soccer team is very like international. I was living with a guy from the Bahamas and another guy from Hawaii. It's just very unfamiliar. But that's also the beauty of the world. The beauty of eating multiple cuisines, speaking different languages, traveling different places. If you're not challenged, what is the point? Am I right? Speaking mm-hmm. to Linda in Vancouver, right? You've been in like multiple unfamiliar situations, right? Oh, yeah, for so. sure. Coming from Vancouver and going to LA and I guess kind of going to like like Hollywood parties and stuff is just like, whoa, this is different. Whoa, but tell me <laughs> about Hollywood parties. I'm so curious. Do tell me about Hollywood parties. Oh, yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's just a lot of, I feel like it's like clicky high school again. Like really? there's the popular girls and all that stuff or popular guys. And then that's for me, that's how it feels like. And everyone's trying to kind of stand out in a party. I think one thing from the drama that was uh yeah from the um from Crash Landing on You, they always had a lot of like luxury, I guess, items mm-hmm. from South Korea, like the coffee right. and the shampoo. And yeah, it's just interesting how they really see it in that light where they're just like, Oh, you know, this is the good stuff and right. she like kind of when she was selling it to um the captain right. at the store, I was like, Oh, it's yeah, that was I, I took notice of that. It's funny because it's like it's the good stuff is like black market stuff, right? So I'm mm-hmm. sure for like anything that's not made in Korea, North Korea, it's like not allowed, right? So mm-hmm. I've even heard like uh, I think a few years ago bonuses are given in choco pie. So choco pie, I don't know if you guys are familiar. They're like they're like moon pies in the states. They're chocolate covered yeah. cakes with like marshmallow in the middle, and it was pretty much in North Korea, like, a big bonus to be like, I got a box of choco pies from oh, South wow. Korea. So it's it's not only, 
you know, food, it's Korean music, it's Korean dramas, like mm-hmm. it's all contraband. It's all black market. So in right. this drama, you see her being like, Do you want this from the South? Like here's here's a bra that's made in the South. Here's skincare made in the South. And then like up front is like the generic North Korean stuff, which is clearly going to be in their minds inferior. And I'm sure probably is inferior to the original original. Right. You know? That is really fascinating because there's contraband everywhere. Whatever anything is illegal, everybody wants the forbidden fruit. I mean, I I, I work for like snacks and stuff. Like, You'd work for snacks, definitely. I mean, I don't know. I mean, things that are hard to get a hold of. Like obviously, I can buy choco pie here. Like we're definitely lucky to get that. But maybe something like I can't attain right now. Did you guys hear that? That's my stomach growling. Sorry. Anyways, okay, let's move on to our last talking point i don't think it's so much of a thematic thing but more just i think just the way the show is built up i think it was very uh there were a lot of points that were very tongue-in-cheek and kind of sarcastic and cynical uh the the drama clearly shows that it is aware that it is a korean drama there is not a fake sense of oh this is reality everybody knows and everybody can tell that there is magic in here there are things that don't make sense all of a sudden like even the opening scenes flying cars and like a tornado that just seems out of place that crazily oh gets her God, in. It's that like part that, was ridiculous. Right. It's like that Harry Potter kind of vibe that is in this drama. Uh-huh. You could think of it as like like our mom, I called my mom and she was like, what is there to watch? I was like, oh, we just started watching Crash Landing. She's like, I hate it. I was like, why? It's like, it just seems so ridiculous. There's like, it's like fake and magical. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You don't have to like it. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was just funny. Yeah, And it just added to the sense of humor that the show had. Right. So going into it, I wasn't like, oh, this is real. This is a fun, not serious drama. At first, I thought it was going to be like a war movie, like Private Ryan style, military, dark, mm-hmm. you know. But it was, there's some parts that are gruesome, but very rare. Like not rare, but it's just not that often that it appears. Right. It's, it's, more, it's definitely more like a romantic comedy. I agree. A little bit of um, violence, just a little bit. I can't have it being too silly. It can't be such a like just a Harry Potter. What like even Harry Potter is like very, you know, they have their little quips here and there, but it's still pretty serious. There's a dude without a nose who's trying to kill you, try to kill you as you know when you're a baby. You know, Um, I really like how you explained him. That dude without a nose just trying to kill Harry Potter. This is the best description of that villain. Of Voldemort? Um, Voldemort, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> the, dude the dude without, without a nose. nose. That bald dude without a nose. <laughs> He's just going at it. Somebody upset him. I simplify things quite a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. But back to that point, it was like, I didn't know what to expect. Because in the, in the Netflix thumbnail, you see a guy in a, in a North Korea thing and like a, a very pretty woman. I was like, man, this must be some sort of war thing. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure what it is. But when that tornado came out of nowhere, can we talk about this real quick? She's paragliding. She's like, oh, my God, I'm about to take over my father's company. Everything is looking up for me. I'm so, so excited. And, yeah, like a strong breeze comes. They start indicating that there's a strong breeze coming because people on the ground are like, whoa, it's like pretty breeze. And then three seconds later, massive twister scale tornado. Like a tornado that could suck up an entire town in a matter of seconds appears 10 feet from her and then swallows her up. 
there's like these fake CGI cows in there, a couple cars, and she's like, ah, ah, and then, <laughs> and then fast forward, she's just like in a tree, yeah, and she's there, and she's like, yo, where am I? And then we're like, oh shoot, she's in North Korea. <laughs> also, when she's like, yeah, let me get out of this, and she's clearly like twenty five feet up, and she falls, and it's like the most little baby fall ever, and it's directly onto the officer who catches her and and that's the charm of this show i'd say it doesn't take itself too seriously right we all are watching it for this like love line that's going to develop right right? i I wish they showed like a younger version of her like owning in track and field and so that when she's running like (laughs) uh, running away from the guards it all makes sense right because i'm like y'all y'all's trained to be soldiers and you guys can't you guys can't like what yeah, you know, that I was been, like, that'd be nice. I agree with you. I literally go, is she a long distance marathon runner? Because <laughs> this girl is running for hours. She is, and it's not even like she's running in like track and field clothes. She's running in a full body one piece jumpsuit, and she's sprinting across fields and forests. And there are like soldiers who just cannot catch her. I was like. This girl's an Olympian. I'm so glad mm-hmm. this point was taken up because <laughs> I, I, I was also thinking like we we're all watching it in separate rooms and I was like, man, this girl is fit. What is your background? She working on her fitness. And, you know? and, you know, this goes back to the synopsis and the way that Eric paraphrased everything. It was just like dropped in North Korea, may fall in love with military soldier, bro. You know, because she was running for 30 minutes. And there are all these things of like the military guys trying to catch her and not saying that it's not entertaining, right? Because I watched every second of it. But that really is what happened. And I love that this drama didn't take itself too seriously. Obviously, we're two two episodes in. Maybe shit really hits the fan. But so far, it's like not so serious. Right. No, it was it was well done in that sense. So, um, I mean, I guess, you know, we've we've hit on a bunch of different topics in the discussion i think um it's probably best for us to start wrapping it up and 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 say look do we like it are we going to commit to it and are we going to quit it that kind of thing here's the moment of truth everybody linda starting with you are you committing to this are you quitting this i guess this will be a spoiler but i want to i i wasn't going to commit until the ending of episode two Mm. where you know, this girl's in Switzerland and she sees Captain Reed. Yeah, there are like these flashbacks to her being in Switzerland and she's like talking to a therapist or something, right? And mm-hmm. like part of it's like, I don't want to live anymore. Or like it was it was kind of those moments, right? Have they met in the past? Like have, like I don't uh, know, it's confusing. Like destiny type thing. Destiny kind of thing. This is fate, all that kind of stuff. So that for you was like a selling point, Linda. I was like, yeah, I was like, what? Well, I have to watch why. <laughs> like, I got, I gotta see why now. Like, right? He, like, he's in Switzerland, and then he went to North Korea. I was like, what? And he's, I was just like, yeah. Right. So I'm right. gonna commit because now I am left hanging. Okay. So Linda's committed. Eddie, how about you? Commit or quit? I've been giving this some thought, and uh, this is gonna be commit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and my biggest reason for that is because I see. A lot of similarities and I get the same type of feeling in my tummy that I got when I watched My Love from Another Star. A little bit outlandish, a little bit sci-fi, not taking itself too seriously, but more dialogue driven 
and more like just you know serious dude who's like hey yo i'm a soldier or in my love from another star hey i'm an alien you know and then like the female lead really just her quirks in the way she talks being like really driving it forward so i i need to see what it's about and honestly i'm not that hard to convince I, I, this is where it's going to be a challenge for me on this show in particular i am very easily impressed very low so, standards Eddie so, has very low standards. so uh i'm gonna go commit all right okay, that is okay. my decision eric how about yourself i actually i'm gonna commit and i don't want people to think that i'm like too easy to please right i, I think part of it is we wanted to give people stuff to watch that we wanted to people to kind of follow along and people that are bought into certain shows and so we probably picked and chose things that are very very good don't worry there are shows that we want to just absolutely trash and quit and we're gonna look for those or i don't want to say look for those shows but like if you if they're trashy we're gonna call them trash but for me i agree with eddie that this gave me a lot of love from another stars vibe which was a very just a feel-good drama to watch and right now if there's anything that i need that anything that this world needs it's just simple easy to please like simple fun shocking dramas that have love that have really beautiful people in it just doing beautiful things right let's just call it what it is it's yeah. eye candy and it's mind candy because it's just easy to digest and so for me it's a commit it's it's outlandish it doesn't really make sense but it's fun so i'm gonna commit to it i do feel like when sometimes when you're really invested in a show and if you have a favorite character you book slowly become that character and start oh. having their little like characteristics that's what i that's what i think i when i watch it's a one class just like i kind of like that one uh the boss girl so like I kind of wanted oh, to be like her too. So Ozua. maybe Ozua? if you guys, I think I think so. Yeah, the Sua, main, Sua, the main yeah. girl. Yeah, I feel like maybe you guys watch this. You guys might want to be Captain Ree. Just get jacked. That's never gonna happen. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> not gonna happen. Let's be very honest. I'm never getting jacked. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, no, I uh, I I like the show. I'm excited for it. it. Linda, if you have one word to summarize this show for you, what do you think? Interesting. Interesting. Okay, Eddie, how about you? Feel good. Feel good. Um, for me, it's not one word, but it's a phrase. And it's it don't make sense, but that's why it makes sense. Nonsense. So you're just going to bend the own rules, the rules it's that my, you made up? Dude, <laughs> it's my show. This is ridiculous. It's our show. I mean, how far are we going to take this? Soon we're just going to be like, hey, like, what... 18 words would you say to describe the show? I mean, <laughs> okay, 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 if we can't yeah, even okay, abide okay, okay, by okay, okay. our own okay, okay, rules, okay, okay. how far does this go, Eric? All right, it I said it. It would have been nice if I had a phrase. I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to say that. I put it out no. there. Look, Thank I you, Linda. Like Thank you. I was a little restricted and put on the spot. And yeah. you had time to think about it. You know, it's still yeah. like a little Okay, fine. This is <laughs> ridiculous. Here you go. Nonsensical. All right. There you go. Nonsensical? Nonsensical. Okay. That's going to kind of wrap us up for uh, Commit or Quit today. Linda, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, getting to know you a little bit better. Anything you have coming up, ongoing, anything you want to plug, share with our listeners, go for it. Yeah, first, thanks for having me. This was super fun. Um, and yeah, I guess I have a short film coming out on my channel, my last video on my channel oh. on Thursday, April okay. 16th. 
So I'm excited. That is what I've been working on for a while. What is your short film about? What's it called? It's called Being Single Again, and it's about being in a relationship for four years and then being single again and trying to just kind of be single. Wow. And then there's family, there's love, there's about friendship. And yeah. Is this a personal story? There's there's parts of it that's similar, but not not too. Okay, cool. So it's which which channel is this on? Alinity Productions. Okay, so everybody, please be sure to check out Lena D Productions on YouTube. This is the last video on her long-running YouTube channel. Um, it's called Being Single Again, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody, please check it out. And you have a new channel, right? Which is yeah, Linda Sundays. All right, so check out her new channel, Linda <laughs> Sundays. Go ahead and subscribe to it on YouTube and check out all of her content. And they can find you on Instagram and all the other socials as well, right? What's your handle? Uh, Linda Dong. Linda Dong, there it is. And that is Linda with two E's. Right, L-E-E-N-D-A-D-O-N-G mm-hmm. on all the socials. So everybody, please check her out. And as you do that, check us out on The Dive Studios. We're available with videos and highlight clips and other podcasts that really change your life in the most impactful and meaningful ways. For free, my life, guys. My life has been changed. <laughs> Thank you. We didn't pay her to say that. She said that on her own volition, okay? Mm-hmm. YouTube.com slash Dive Studios. <laughs> we are all over the internet. And if you guys can, please consider becoming a patron of ours at patreon.com slash Dive Studios so we can keep making these shows that entertain you for little bits of your week and day. Um, so that's it. We're going to wrap up another episode of Commit or Quit. Thank you again to Linda for joining us. Hope you enjoyed listening to our thoughts on Crash Landing on new episodes one and two. We have more shows coming uh, with other great TV shows, dramas, and movies. And we're excited to share that we have additional guests that are joining us very, very soon. Um, We're talking big people who are much more talented than I am. So I'm a little uh, intimidated because they're huge actors. Don't worry. I'll, I'll, I'll carry the ship. As, you know, per usual, I'll just drive it wow. forward. Wow. Um, so, so humble. you know, commit or quit. Listeners, so don't humble. be concerned. Um, Eddie is at the helm. I'm going to take it to where it needs to be. Thank you for listening. You know, it's always a pleasure. We appreciate your earballs. Earballs? That's a... You're going to drive this ship and you just were, use the word earballs. Okay. Everybody's going to start using that from now on. Just saying. Oh my God. Okay. Well, you guys, please be sure to subscribe to Dive Studios on YouTube, to subscribe to this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and leave us a five-star review, rate and review. And um, yeah, that's it. So thank you guys so much. Have a great week. We'll see you on the next episode of Commit or Quit. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye, Linda. Bye, guys.